0: If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Some reminders and announcements today. Um, I am interested to know, again, I put this out a little bit ago, but um, it's been a while, so I I wanted to just bring it back up again. I'm interested to know what my listeners are wanting more information about. So if you have... um, You know if you've listened to episodes and think gosh i really wish creed would discuss this or that or the other thing or oh interesting that's a that's great a great thing and topic there creed shoot i wish she would have expanded a little more on that i could have used a little more information on this or that um if you've thought those things while listening to the podcast please send me an email. I'm happy to expand on things that you want more information on. I'm happy to discuss things that have not previously been discussed. Let me know what your interests are. I'm happy to, to see if I can put those on an episode. Um, I am still searching for estranged adult children to participate in the online support group for estranged adult children and estranged parents, not from the same family. Um, so if you are an estranged adult child and are interested in participating in this online support group that will be heavily moderated, um, I want you, I want everyone who participates in this to feel very safe, um, and that this is a place for folks to gain understanding of one another, um, education, develop curiosity, and um, n- not have judgments and pointing fingers and name calling and blame and all of those things. So if that's something that you're interested in, shoot me an email and let me know. Um, I currently have a handful of estranged adult children who have expressed interest and I'm I'm super excited about that. But I'd like to have just a, a few more of you guys. Um, and I'm here to tell you that the mothers that I have that want to participate in this group, um, again, have been, have been vetted um, of sorts and are really interested in learning more about the perspective of the estranged adult child. So, anyway, shoot me an email if you have any questions at all. I'm happy to answer those. Email is theestrangedheart at gmail.com. And uh, reminder, the validation workshop uh, will be held on Sunday, the 28th of this month of August, and it will be via Zoom and is scheduled to run from 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, information will be going out um, today, Sunday, the 7th of August, um, to those who have expressed interest. So be watching for that email. Also, uh, the Estranged Mothers Zoom support group uh, is slated to start on Saturday, September the 3rd and will run every other week um, and scheduled from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Again, if you're interested in that group, please send me an email and I'll get you on the list. And finally, um, there will also be a second workshop coming in November. Um, on amendment, amends letters and how to compose them, what to do after you compose them, how to deliver them, um, and then what do you do after all that's been said and done? Um, kind of like what are the next steps? So this is, a, this is a workshop that would be for estranged parents to attend. And again, that will be in November. Additional information will be coming um, in October regarding that. So, on to today's episode, which is titled, What to Look For in a Therapist. And um, the quotes that I have for today are, I have four of them today. The first one is, your journey with your child may not change. It may have never been meant to. The real journey was about you changing. And that is from an estranged mom's sibling um, that was told to her. The second is by Dr. Gabor Mate. Human development has a recursive nature, which means parents are also shaped by the children and can be triggered in response to each child's unique temperament. Parent-child relationships can be improved when parents are more conscious about their responses to their children's unique natures. And the third, Most of us were not taught how to recognize pain, name it, and be with it. And that is by Brene Brown. And the fourth and final one, it's the children the world almost breaks who grow up to save it. And that is by Frank Warren. So today's episode on what to look for in a therapist came about, um, I have been seeing... Um, an increase in the number of estranged parents. um, And for my purposes, um, mostly estranged moms who are struggling with finding a therapist, going to therapy, the whole, the whole ball of wax that that involves. Um, And I believe because of what I do in my full-time day job. Um, I have a lot of people coming to me asking me, what do we do? How do I find a therapist? How do I know it's a good therapist? How do I know that what I'm getting is maybe not so much good therapy, but maybe bad therapy or they're misleading me? Um, Things along those lines. So I felt like it was time to put this together. I I have done a previous episode um, a while back, not long after the podcast started. And I thought that it was worth revisiting again. Um, So I will dive into this. And as I dive in, I want to share some things as to why I feel like I can better speak on this subject um, as opposed to another estranged mom or formerly estranged mom or an adult child. Um, So let's, let's just dive into that. Number one, I'm a therapy client myself. I have been in therapy for a number of years. And my therapy is not necessarily to deal with a mental illness. It is a way that I, um, I'm a verbal processor. So nine times out of 10, I can come up with my, the own, my own solutions to my problems if I'm able to verbally process the swirl of information that's going on in my head. And so my therapist serves as that, that role. She does therapy techniques and skills with me, Um, however, a large part of the reason why I have been in therapy for a number of years and will remain in therapy is because it has served to change my life. It has saved my life, literally, and it continues to serve my life in a way that helps me to grow and evolve as a human being to become a better human being to become a happier human being regardless of any estrangement experience or status so that's one thing the second part is i manage therapists in my full-time day job i am a practice manager for a large psychotherapy group practice and i manage in excess of 20 therapists a day-to-day basis. I've been doing this now for seven years and so I'm intimately aware of the requirements for therapists to become licensed. I'm intimately aware of as much as I can be without having gone through um, the educational process of what that is, what what their training is, um, and the differences in licensing and the types of um, therapist people are. I'm intimately aware of that as well. And I hear it straight from their mouths, you know, when we are in discussion, whether that's just sitting and having a casual conversation, or if we're in a professional conversation and working to help clients. So that gives me another unique perspective. Um, the third thing is I have trained with therapists on estrangement. Um, I have attended a, um, a therapy, uh, I, I'm sorry, a workshop put on by Dr. Joshua Coleman that was for therapists and coaches. Um, and so within that class, I've talked about this before, there were approximately 40 or so of us in the class, and I believe two of us were coaches and the rest were all therapists. Um, and it was interesting because what came out of that was I found that many of them were estranged parents themselves. Many of them were asking Dr. Coleman on, you know, how to write in a men's letter, when to write it, how to write it, when to give it, really did not have any, any solid information on an immense letter f- through the lens of estrangement. And many did not understand how to um, resolve things from, you know, the perspective of, and, and this is what I hear a lot from, from moms, is how can, how can we resolve things if the other party, if my kid is not willing to talk with me? And this was some of the questions that these um, therapists were asking. And so, you know, they're human beings too. And they have, because they're human, they have faults and they have um, blinders to a degree. They see the world through, you know, their perspective of the world is through their own, um, colored by their own life experiences and things like that. So... That gives me another perspective. And then finally, I, um, I am working to train therapists on the nuances of estrangement. Um, I started doing this within my own practice. I was asked um, by uh, the practice owner to, to give a training um, to our therapist regarding estrangement. Um, and I have had other therapists reach out to me directly asking for support on how, on, on the nuances of estrangement and, um, because they're seeing more and more and more clients come in regarding estrangement and they are not well-versed in it. So I, um, I am working on that. I continue to work on that. And I welcome any therapist who might happen to listen to this podcast and not be really sure on some of those nuances. And, and, you know, maybe you feel, you know, I know imposter syndrome, and I know all of these things that happen with therapists. And I just want you to know that if you are if you are a therapist listening and you f- don't feel like you have all the tools that you would like to have regarding any clients that are in estrangement, please feel free to reach out to me. I am happy to to help. Um, I I understand. I get it. It's not something that you guys have been trained in, and I'm willing to have that conversation if needed. So that being said, um, one other piece that I wanted to dive into before we actually get started on on the the specifics on what to look for in a therapist and how to find a therapist is um, one of the questions that we get at our practice a lot by people who call in. And I know that a lot of moms... And parents, estranged parents, want to do family therapy with their estranged adult child, or a child who they feel is pulling away from them. And um, I personally am not a huge fan of family therapy from the beginning. And the reason for this is <laughs> most often. By the time people reach out for therapy, it's in a crisis mode and things are so far gone and so volatile and you're dealing with such an emotional topic like estrangement that it's, it's just too volatile to bring all the parties together and have anybody feel like they've been heard, seen, witnessed, and validated. It's next to impossible. Unless you're working with a very highly specialized, um, trained therapist and or highly experienced family therapist. Not all therapists are family therapists. The majority of them are not. Most therapists have been trained to work one-on-one. So the therapist and the client. Not The therapist and three family members, uh, two parents and a a child. Not, you know, a parent and three children. Not, they're not trained in that. And it it, takes—it's a very different type of therapy to be able to manage emotions in that context with multiple different people at the same time. It takes it very, very specialized therapist. So, I don't generally recommend that. I think it's better to have people attend therapy on their own first so that you can voice your emotions. You can voice how wrong you feel someone has done you, all of the, you know, I I think they're just an idiot and this and that and the other. You can voice all of that within the safety of the therapy room with your therapist and you can get all of those emotions up and out so that you can can be seen, heard, and validated by your therapist. And then that helps you get to a point where you can then sit in a room and hear the other person's pain. And I'm talking about this from, from the adult child's perspective and the estranged parent's perspective. Both of you need to get your own individual therapy and then entertain coming together for family therapy. Once things have calmed down and you both of you individually have done your own inner work um, it makes for a a much better successful outcome than typically starting off with family therapy Um, it's a rare occasion that i see family therapy work like that um, in the end so that's my personal opinion you can think what you want to think you know, therapist out there can, you can think what you want to think. I'm, I just, this, I'm going based off of my lived experience and things that I have seen, um, work and not work. So take that for what it's worth. Um, and then do with it what you will. So when I am working with, um, a a client who is asking me, you know, how do I find a therapist? What do I do? Um, you know, there, it, I have some standard questions and things that a person can ask, but a lot of it really depends on you and what you are looking for. So before I go into, you know, you need to look for this kind of therapist or that kind of therapist or someone who has experience with this, the very first thing I do is, okay, so let's talk about you. And nine times out of 10, the client's looking at me like I've got three heads. And I'm like, we have to figure out what you are wanting out of therapy in order to find the therapist that's going to work best for you. So, and many moms, um, estranged moms, especially those of the older generation, have never been in therapy. They don't know anything about it. As a matter of fact, they might even think that therapy is kind of a taboo thing and you don't, you know, you don't go and share and share your dirty laundry with every, anyone and, and things like that. And so it can, it that Taints how you see and perceive therapy, right? So, a couple of the questions that I suggest um, clients ask is why am I why am I wanting to go to therapy? And in regards to estrangement, are you looking to go to therapy because you're you're seeking help to sort through the emotional storm of estrangement? Are you wanting to work on yourself? Are you wanting to go to therapy solely for the sole reason of reconciling with your adult child? Are you wanting to work on a relationship and you are post-reconciliation? Post-reconcil- so you've reconciled and now you're like, okay, what do we do to keep this in- intact? Or is it something else? Right? You've got to figure out why you're going to therapy first in the first place. Because you're not going to know what you need if you don't know why you're going. Um, And then what are your expectations for therapy? Um, Do I expect to attend therapy alone? Do I intend to have other family members there? And if so, who? Are you going to go with your spouse? Are you going to go with a a sibling? Are you going to go with your adult child? Like really sit down and figure that out. Um, And am I expecting the therapist to provide concrete ideas and suggestions on making amends and reconciling? Or am I just wanting somebody to listen to me and kind of, you know, offer some questions that I might want to think of? Like, what are you wanting the therapist to do? Okay. And are you prepared to dive into your own past your own childhood issues to learn more about your triggers um in knowing that this could mm, provide insight um as to why you do and say the things you do and say right are you prepared for that because most therapists at some point in time in the therapy process that's where they're going to take you is into your childhood because your childhood is where things start That's where your foundation for life has started, was when you were a child. And it affects everything that you're doing today, okay? Um, And do you, you know, another question to ask is, do you want someone who specializes in estrangement? And I can tell you that if that is your prerequisite, you're going to have a very hard time finding a therapist because there are not very many who specialize in estrangement. So, kind of sit with that. Is that an absolute gotta have? Or is that something that you're willing to explore with a therapist and determine that maybe maybe they don't necessarily need to know a whole lot about estrangement, but if they can help me with the family dynamics and understanding my kid more, understanding my own triggers, and how I respond to other people, right? Um, and, you know... Am I ready to engage with vulnerability and honesty? I am here to tell you therapy is not going to work if you're bullshitting yourself. It's not going to work. I don't care who the therapist is. I don't care how much experience they have. I don't care what they specialize in. If you are going into a therapy office not willing to be honest with yourself and look within and be open to hearing what comes up, Therapy is not going to help. It's just not. You have to be willing to be open and vulnerable and honest with your therapist. Your therapist can only help you so far as you want to be honest and open with them. If you're holding things back, if you're hiding things, if you're not telling the truth because you are scared to death of facing whatever it is that, that scares you to death, there's only so much a therapist can do. Okay? So that's another piece. Another question is where are you at on the curiosity scale? From one to ten, with ten being very curious about things. And curious without judgment. Right? If you're on a at a two on that scale, mm, I might encourage you to do a little more thinking on things. Or you could get into therapy, and if you have a, have a really good therapist who might be able to help you develop a curious mindset. So there's, that's something to think about. And what do I need and want in a therapist? Do I need them to be a certain age? Do I need them to have a certain years number of years of experience? Do I need them to be female or male? Do I need them to be willing to self-disclose things about themselves or not? Most therapists the majority of therapists have been trained that they do not disclose anything about their own lives to their clients. That is how they have been trained. That they are to remove themselves and it is to be the sole focus of the client that's in the room and not their own personal experiences. I will tell you, for me, that does not work. I need to know that a therapist can somewhat resonate with me. And if they're not willing to disclose anything about themselves, then that's not a therapist for me. For other people, that works. Other people are like, this is about me and only me, and I don't want to hear anything anything about you. And if that's how you are, then you need to know that going in, and you need to ask the therapist that. Okay? Um, and do you need them to be directive or less direct? You know, allowing yourself to come to your own conclusions. Do you need to, you know, have somebody that's in your face about things or do you want somebody that just kind of hangs back and you know might ask a question here there and just otherwise let you talk and kind of figure things out on your own you have to figure out what type of therapist you're looking for like that okay so those are some questions to ask yourselves and then um just some logistical pieces that i think are important that not a lot of people um understand or recognize when it comes to therapy And that is, you know, how often are you willing to commit to therapy? Most therapy, most therapists recommend weekly ongoing sessions. Some will entertain bi-weekly sessions, but most of them want someone to come in weekly. And there's a reason for that. And it's not just because they want your money. The reason is the first, um, what we tell our clients is the first, you know, three sessions or so, It's really fact gathering. They're learning about your history. They're trying to diffuse, you know, trying to bring some of the chaos down. It's like they're they're kind of like um, in what I call like firefighter, like firefighter mode. They're really trying to just squelch some of the flames um, in those first few sessions. And then therapy doesn't really start until like session four and five when you start delving into things. And therapy is built on momentum so the the more momentum you can have and that comes with weekly sessions we tend to find that when clients come in bi-weekly or monthly they don't get enough momentum to be consistent with things and get quote-unquote get the ball rolling and because of that then the client feels like therapy is not working and so then they just exit and say ah you know see I told you therapy doesn't work and that's not, really, that's not really the case, okay? Um, another thing is, you know, how long are you willing to be in therapy? If you think you're gonna go in and have a therapist work with you for a month and, and attend four sessions, mm, that's probably not gonna work, it just isn't. And especially if you come in with anything more than a couple of years of life experience under your belt, you're gonna need well more than four weeks Of therapy to help resolve anything okay Um, typically a lot of times folks need to be in three to six months sometimes twelve months or so to be able to get through and really have a success in um, whatever it is that they're coming in and working on Um, let's see you know then the other thing to consider is you know the cost of therapy are you looking to utilize insurance Um, you can't just you know if you're using insurance most of the times unless you're going out of network you need an in-network provider and that can limit who you can work with right so there's that piece of things or are you willing to pay privately Um, paying privately uh, provides greater maneuverability when it comes to who you can see as a therapist Um, it, it just it opens up options drastically if you can pay privately, although I certainly understand the need to use insurance. And are you wanting to see the provider in office or virtually, right? Right now, especially, so many therapists are working virtually. Um, Many therapists who had offices pre-COVID, pre-2020, have shut their offices and are doing strictly online telehealth. And so if that is, you know, that's another thing to consider what your preference is with that. So, here are some questions and things to consider in looking for a therapist. You know, we've talked about temperament. Are you looking for someone who's direct, who is, you know, in your face, or someone who kind of does what I call, you know, kind of fluffs and sugarcoats things and puts it in a really nice way. Um, Different people respond to different different ways of, of human interaction. And for some people, they need and want somebody who is just direct and to the point mm-hmm. and other people are offended by that and don't want that so it's very important that you figure that piece out um, and figure out what specific credentials you're looking for right the credentials of a therapist are important not all of them are trained in this in the same way you have doctorate level so what we call a PsyD or a phd um, person who is you know doctoral level. They've gone to school for eight years, eight plus years, and, um, they have a lot of experience They They tend to be much more clinical in their approach as opposed to humanistic and, um, kind of, uh, client led. So that's something to consider, uh, as far as their degrees. So their degrees, um, where I'm at, there is, um, a licensed mental health counselor and then there's licensed marriage and family therapist and I tend with estrangement folks I tend to suggest trying to find a licensed marriage and family therapist and that's because they're trained in family systems they're looking at the entire family even if they're just working one-on-one with a client they're looking at that that clients own history Their the way they interact with their spouse and their children and their parents and they're just they're looking at the whole picture as opposed to other therapists who are not trained in family systems and they're just looking at the individual client right so that's something to to consider you want to ask what their specific credentials are you want to ask what their training is where did they go to school what's their you know what's their license in um, you want to ask those things. And then you want to ask, do they specialize in estrangement? And if they say yes, ask them to elaborate. What does that mean? How many clients have they worked with in estrangement? What do they believe makes them specialized in estrangement? Have they had special special training in that? And if so, from whom and where? And when? Um, and, you know... If they don't have experience in that, asking them what their knowledge is of estrangement and estranged people, right? What knowledge do they have of it? Do they have personal knowledge? In other words, have they been estranged? Are, have they been an estranged parent? Have they been an estranged adult child? Have they been an estranged sibling? Do they Are they familiar with it? Those kinds of things, right? Ask them that. Now, they don't have to answer you. They don't have to give you an answer to that. That's a personal question. And just like with anything else in life, anyone else in life, no one has to answer a personal question if they don't want to. So be prepared for that. And ask them what their experience is with ambiguous loss and grief. Right? This is what estrangement is. And sometimes if you can't find someone who, who specializes in estrangement, finding someone who specializes in ambiguous loss and grief can be very helpful. So that's just another tip. They work with, anyone who works in the realm of loss and grief can can be very helpful in helping you to understand just how traumatic this all is, and help you to move through it instead of getting stuck in it, and then maybe potentially move you on to another therapist down the road, or in a you know different form or fashion. Um, ask them, do you work with individuals from a family systems approach? And if so, you know, how can this help me with my estrangement? Ask them to tell you that. Again, here around here, it's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, but that doesn't mean that someone who isn't a licensed marriage and family therapist hasn't had special training in family systems. So you might want to just ask if they have any experience or training with that, right? Um, and then ask them, what, what is their therapy style? How do they, what what's their approach to therapy? You know, we have, I've worked with therapists who have, you know, they're very solution focused. It's a get in and get out kind of thing, get in, get it fixed, get it, you know, turned around, a different way of thinking, and be able to move on and get on to the next thing. And others are very um, humanistic, what they call humanistic approach, whether it's really client-led, and that can take longer, and it's more up to the client to kind of lead the way with the therapist um, acting of sorts, you know, kind of like a guide, um, but, you know, walking beside the client, not in front of, and leading the client, per se. Um, In the end, what I, I, my take on therapist is they're really they're really the guardrails for the race car driver, right? They are there to keep you from going off the edge, but you are the one who is in control of the car, how fast it's going, how slow it's going, what turn it's taking, those types of things. The therapist is just there to make sure, you know, they're guarding the, the, the edge over here so that you don't fall off the edge and on occasion, they can also be, um, you know, the detour signs. They can say, you know, well, what do you think about this? You know, if, maybe if you go over here, you might have this type of um, adventure, and if you go this way, you might have this type of adventure, and then you get to pick, right? So, a really good therapist is going to allow you to maneuver and navigate. Is going to welcome questions. Is going to be honest with you. And say, you know what, I would love to work with you, but I don't have any experience in estrangement. And I feel like you might be better served by working with a different therapist who has experience with estrangement. You know, not just someone who says, yeah, I want to work with you because I just want to do therapy. So it's important to look for these things to understand what your purpose is in therapy. Again, as I said from the very beginning, if you don't if you're not clear on what your purpose is and why you're going, it's going to be very hard to find someone because you're not going to know what to look for. You're not going to know what direction you're headed. Right? You don't need to know, you know, the turn by turn you know, go three point quarter mile and all of this. Like, you don't need to know that. A therapist can help you through that, but you need to know, hey, I'm in Florida. Am I headed to New York or am I headed to California? Those are two very different ways. And if you're not aware of where you're wanting to head and where you're at, it's going to be really hard for you to find a therapist that can help you navigate the journey you're wanting to take. So, um, I, in closing today, I want to say that I do offer a service for those of you who feel like you're, you're you need support in how in trying to find a therapist that might be a good fit for you. Um, I do offer a service, and I'm happy to work with someone who needs that. Right? I'm happy if you have a therapist who is like I'm not well versed in that and you're like hey I know this person who who was formerly estranged and she's willing to talk to you are you open to that I'm I'm open to talking with your therapist I'm not I don't I'm not a therapist I'm not trying to do therapy with anyone and I am not here to claim that I know more than therapists do I don't but I do know what to look for in a therapist based off of what you are wanting to get out of therapy. That is something I do have experience in, and I, I specialize in. So if that is something that you are in need of, and really whether it's related to estrangement or not, I mean, I could help with things that are not necessarily related to estrangement, but that's my specialty. So anyway, feel free to reach out if that is of interest to you, or you know of anyone that it might be of interest to. So this brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you were able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement or reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing the podcast with others, or leaving a positive review or becoming a financial supporter. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out again via email to theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Until next time.